1: Hello oh, again, this is Suros Minahan Talk Cosmos, leading edge astrology conversations with guests. And tonight will be the Planet Buzz, one of our monthly panels that connects every month. And this is in the Leo archetype, but we just use energy that is happening at this moment to display what our energies are. And the title of this is about Aranus, the... Breaking revolutionary planet of change that will brings us to some authentic point. Take it or not, <laughs> and take it is best. And it is retrograde. It's a midpoint, meaning it is at fifteen degrees, a very powerful degree. It's a, because it's in a fixed sign. It's teeter tottering right between these two uh, forms of. Of, of solidity going, oh, I got here. Oh, I'm going to go away. Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm going to go away. What you're going to do is powerful. And it is also between the two Aquarius because it is a modern ruler of these full moons. Full moons, remember, are always in the opposite sign, the reflection from the sun. The sun's in Leo, so they are in Aquarius. And interestingly, the first one they're in different months. It's not a blue moon, but there's still two full moons. And, and you know, blue moons is just a commonality of, of conversation, of denoting when it's in one month. But this is an astrological month that we're talking about. So it's when the sun enters a degree of Leo to the end of the degree. Well, the sun had the, the full moon was the first on July 23rd at 20 at um one degree 26 minutes but one degree we'll say two two degrees of aquarius and then it will be this following week on sunday the 22nd at 29 degrees and that's 29 47 it's 46 it's right to the end it's just but it's still in aquarius so the iran is which just went retrograde remember it kind of tweaked into pisces for two degrees which will return just before the New Year's uh, on the 29th, I think 30th of December um, going into its full experience in Pisces. But we got a little taste of it for two months. And then it went back on um, late July into Aquarius. So at this point it is at 15 degrees, right between. So, our title is stirs the pot that's what we're going to talk about because we're all in the broil we're all in the soup you might say and what's the ingredients well we don't know but planet buzz does and now we're ready for planet buzz
0: focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship these are the members of planet buzz
1: i'm sue rose Minahan, host of talk cosmos An evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature.
2: I'm Leslie Francis author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars creator of star cards i love talking and making people laugh and i'm dr laura tad i have a phd in
3: human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world i teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely i have a blog i have written for the mountain astrologer celestial vibes and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research.
1: And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals,
3: as as below, below, so above. As above,
0: so below.
1: Yes, indeed. Energy comes and goes, but it's there to stay. Somewhere, somehow. So what is this energy right now? Well, hello, Leslie, and hello, Laura. It's so great to have you. Yes. So Hi. one
3: quick thing to clarify, because there was a little cross-pollination of planets going on in the interim. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, Thank you. So it's Jupiter that ingressed back into Aquarius.
1: Oh, yes, dyslexia. Thank
3: you. Um, and we'll be there till the end of the year, then oh. get back into Pisces um and it's uranus that is at this midpoint between these astrological blue moons that we've got going on
1: thank you for that clarification of confusion very strong <laughs> because uranus Ar- is in this square with uh saturn and they're both co-rulers of aquarius so just to, to answer that specification here which is a little different than what you said but that's so right it's Jupiter and it's annual' uh, the annual revolution around the Sun yes that's back in Aquarius that's looking to Uranus okay well you know if we one of the factors right now okay where to begin there's five planets that will be, retrograde right that's one of them and also venus and mercury are in their own signs. i think you were saying that venus will be as of tomorrow uh,
3: yes at 29 34 at the moment so
1: so i'll let one of you lead on with what that inspires perhaps to think of these five retrograde planets which they do every year and that window of time to use mercury and venus maybe in their own signs how do you see that
2: uh good question uh well i mean you know it, it, it sometimes trying to coalesce all of these things into a cohesive uh Uh, picture is a challenge especially if we're talking about uh, Uranus busy you know essentially knocking us all off our pedestals for a while you know breaking down the things that because it's in Taurus breaking down parts of the foundation of our lives and so as it sits between these two full moons both of them in Aquarius and of course Aquarius is also connected very much to change uh, there's gonna be a lot of breakthroughs and breakdowns, but it's interesting because the one full moon was at one degree and the other one's at 29. One is a beginning and uh, the one degree is is more in, in the initiation phase of the sign and the 29th degree is an ending. So that, that's a lot to pack in just when we're talking about that. And, and then you factor in a, a bunch of retrograde planets which of course takes all our energy inward uh, before it can move outward, and then Mercury and Venus in their own signs. So of course there will be a focus on communication and connection. So I, I think that's a jumping-off point. I don't think it's a complete explanation.
1: <laughs> it, it 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 launches us. It's very true. It gets right back to that fact that it's be, the 15 degrees, the upset. Yes.
3: Well, and I think, you know, part of the Uranus is seven years in total about that, that it spends in the sign and we're about halfway through or so. We've got about four and a half years or so left of Uranus and Taurus. Um, (laughs) Yay. Um, (laughs) But that part of what Taurus governs is what we value what we need to feel secure in the world with, right? In its relationship to Venus. And so there's this upheaval of that and this reinvention and innovation about what do we, what is most important to us? And I think when we pair that with the the full moons, there's also then, well, what, because full moons are often about letting go its completion. The moon is at her zenith. And so it's, What have we valued that we are letting go of that breaks open up new opportunity? Because that's such a huge part of Uranus is that breaking, that breakthrough revolutionary. Oh, what you thought you valued, you don't. And here's what you really do value, and how much richer that opportunity potentially can be when you let go of that which is no longer serving you. Um, and I think Mercury being in Virgo can help with some of that analysis that of making sense of what to what you let go.
2: Well, and, and I see the full moon as shining a light, really shining a light on where you're at. Like, mm-hmm. what have you produced? Because until you figure out what you've produced or what you've created, there is no way that you can engage in the process of the waning Moon, so you can begin that process of letting it go. Sure. So, so it's, um, yeah, yeah. The full moon is always a really powerful time to get. I I guess I'd call it get real.
1: Yeah, the fruits hanging are the fruit. I mean, you can see the embodiment of what the seed wanted to grow and what you were doing, and grafted it, pruned it compost it or keep growing doing if you're doing right it's 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 really true and but with aronis it's always this unpredictability that is entering into the picture so it's like you're constantly i think of that hourglass with the sand just falling and falling and falling you know it's like there's nothing really solid to stand on unless you're on a little maybe an island anyway but it's comes to mind you know it's really adaptability which is a not easy with the fixed signs of course but it's necessary although virgo is an is is flexible it's a mutable sign it's interesting the three are we've got the cardinal with values so we're activating we've got the thinking which is mutable it's like shifting around discerning with Virgo and then this fixed process that's totally disruptive at any moment. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should go into where it is in our, we do this usually at the half hour, but it is Arana. So I'm going to shift it around. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it now. It, yeah, it happens to be the, the, um, Okay, and help remind me what we're doing here. We're do- <laughs> when we do that, it's what we're looking at the Uranus at the midpoint or the full moon. We're doing the full moon, the twenty second, right? The la- or the two moons and Uranus, the whole package. Okay, so for me, the uh, full moon on the twenty third at one, almost going on two, was exactly conjunct my Jupiter, which is in Uranus. I mean, which is in Katsu. Uh, Aquarius. And it's in a yard, it's in the fifth house right there, meaning it's always uh, in adjustments to figure out how to manifest an innovative, elevated, creative way of um, a philosophical upload, right? And so that has a lot to do with Talk Cosmos, because this is a channel that I am working with to... Uh, And I'm trying to, working with that progressively, I decided to do some marketing, but it's, it's um, also in your own immediate life, like finding joy. And I'm taking Laura, I'm taking your class about the myth, our personal myth, which is really insightful. Both of you have wonderful classes. I took your moon class a few years back, Leslie, that you did with Samuel, through Samuel Reynolds, Unlock Astrology. And so, um, I can testify the growth that way well okay moving fast forward to the, it's all through my fifth house and um I'm looking for the breakthrough
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a long yeah. I don't think you'll find it. I think it'll just—it's Uranus—it'll show up. But it it is on my sixth house on
1: how I do things. So yet I decided that I was going to. You'll notice this new picture. I went out. I took two whole days, which for me is quite exceptional, to take two days without planning it. But it worked out that way. Um, Collecting the things that I needed to do to upgrade the household, and then how to use it. Well, I rearranged my little dedicated area. Here with my bookshelves and my little study unit. And I feel just thrilled about it. Yeah, it's like, I, so I hope that shares. I, I feel like I'm missing something, but that's enough of my. Uh, and yes, go ahead, what, <laughs> Leslie or Laura.
2: Go know, ahead,
3: Leslie. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's interesting because, of course, um, uh, the first full moon at one degree, as I said before, was conjunct my Mercury. And I've had all kinds of ideas, like flying around in my head, like crazy, like all over the place uh, and 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 conjunct and, and also conjunct my Venus. So in the sixth house, so a lot of shifting and changing in terms of purpose and where I think of going and I, as uh, as I mentioned last time, I'm now on the board of the International Academy of Astrology. So I've been doing lots of work with them and doing some friend things by recommending Lara uh, to do some. Anyway, uh, now this next one is in my seventh house, uh, just past my son. And there will be that full moon is conjunct Jupiter, which I have in my natal chart. So it just kind of re-energizes this ongoing T-square, that that happy little Uranus wandering around in my intercepted 10th house, uh, forming a T-square with my Ascendant, Descendant, and my my Moon Pluto. It's complicated, it's complex. (laughs) And so there's been a lot of uh, internalizing, a lot of emotional upheaval, because when you got Uranus squaring a Moon Pluto opposition, you know, I try not to think about these things. I know. I have that. Just, just cause. But but it also uh it, it's an interesting process because I think when Uranus starts to break things down, it's gonna happen on a number of different frequencies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes we forget that making it a change, especially if we're changing our values, as Laura was talking about, it's gonna impact the length and breadth of your life, even if you're not aware of it. So uh, these are very powerful and I, I would say to anyone listening that if you're feeling that level of upheaval and as you were talking about, Sue, trying to stand on sand, mm. it, it, it is like the shifting sands of the Sahara. You know, uh, you just need to know it, it because you were talking earlier uh, before we were on air about how the sands of the Sahara send nutrients all around the world and especially to the rainforest. Yes in south america so we can think about this as recognizing that uranus may be breaking things down but it's so we can nurture ourselves in a different way oh i love that yes and of course with you know venus is in libra it it it, it's the boss of that uranus and taurus and so there's a measure of well you know you might want to yeah, I always call Uranus the stick of dynamite in the dam of your life, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, there's a need to be softer about it, to to not, you know, go around uh, whacking people. Because uh, people can, can unleash a lot of different energies that we're not really uh, aware of. And because Mars is currently in Virgo, it makes us kind of cranky when things don't happen exactly the way that we planned them to. Very true. Yes, it's all yours, Laura. (laughs) Um,
3: All right. Yeah, I mean, it aspects a lot of my chart. You know, it's the the transiting transits we've been under are pinging a lot of my chart as well. Um, So the first full moon at one was pretty much in opposition to my three degree Saturn in Leo, which and square my Uranus at three degrees in Scorpio. Right. So if we pull in Chiron, it it got a grand square with the first one with Chiron in Taurus and Uranus and Scorpio Saturn in Leo, and then the full moon at one. Um, and then this next one is still pinging a whole bunch of my chart because I've got a Mars in late Leo. So now it's hitting stuff from the other side. (laughs) Um, and so house wise, it's second and third. And so it, for me, it has had a lot to do with values, need finances how I'm reorganizing stuff now that the professorship I had ended, but other stuff is coming in, like the opportunity that I've got through you, Leslie, with, with IAA. Um, And, um, and that then it's, we did communication, right. And trying to figure out what this course is that I'm designing is going to look like when it's essentially, you know, even though it's a several weeks, it's an introduction into a topic that I could teach a year of material on. So how do I condense, you know, what, what's most important to cover that doesn't overwhelm people. And so making sense of that. And that's part of this Uranus piece too. What do I value? What's most important to cover in this new material in this course in psychological astrology, where it could easily be two. I mean, my training was two years every week. So you know, six weeks, not going to cover half of what I studied. Um, and so that's part of that value. What do I value? What's important using that Mercury and really Mars conjunction in Virgo today, or moving towards it, they're only a couple degrees apart, um, to, to prioritize, right. And, and using that hyper analytical side of Virgo to to dis- to navigate that of of mm-hmm. com- getting clearer on as to what to then build with this full moon that is about this culmination that is as you're saying sort of the spotlight lesson it's like okay so shining the light on my twenty five books I could resource <laughs> for the class <laughs> okay which what am I pulling from and what can I let go of because yes it's to in the weeds for what it's supposed to be at this time.
1: It's so uh, succinct as far as that purging. And it reminds me, Leslie, you and I, because we're so close with our birth dates, Uranus is exactly close enough on my Pluto. How about yours? You too? Yeah. And so this is, when you say release, it adds that Other dimension, which I I think for all of us is like, as you say, it's a domino effect because changing your values, what's a bedrock and how do you feel about it? That gets the moon involved. Of course, we are talking about full moons. And so it is emotional. It's how we connect to all these things. And interestingly, Tara All, who has been on our program that is so involved with many other projects right now, I just listened to her yesterday talking about her book, which she will come on the program as a special event later this year, but it came to do with the moon and the synodic cycle with all the other planets, which is a subject I've just been dying to do, not just of the moon, but any two planetary pairs because it's cycle that it's in seems like it could reveal so much. So in other words, um, but it did remind me that the moon is a a thinking organism and a feeling organism, just like the ancients always felt, you know, the moon was in Mercury or so close. Well, I wonder, are we at our, um, no, we have a few minutes before we break it, it, so it's going to be helpful, I think, having Mercury deliberately in. I'm getting mixed up between which is first at the moment. I'm sorry, I've had so much. So
3: Mercury's already in Virgo. It's, okay, it's yeah, degrees Virgo. Yeah. It's been there for about a week. It's almost conjunct Mars. Uran or Venus will be in Libra tomorrow. That's so, going to be helpful. Okay, and yeah. so having. They're each in signs they govern, which happens somewhat regularly. But it's interesting that it's lining up within like a week or so. They they ingress into their own signs and will be there simultaneously. And so they, I mean, my experience is when si- planets are in the signs that they govern, it amplifies. It doesn't necessarily make it easy, but it <laughs> amplifies the archetype, right? I mean, like I actually think Cancer moons are some of the hardest moons natively. Um, but to live into, and I'm a cancer, and I think it's one of the hardest ones to live into, but, um, that the amplification of the archetype, right? So it's like, you know, Mercury squared, Libra squared, not in the astrology sense, but in the mathematical sense that it's, you know, to the second power.
2: It's interesting because I, I, I I think, you know, you bring up an interesting point where you think about planets. When they're not in the signs uh, that they govern, th- there is a diffusion to some degree of that energy. But when they're in the sign that they govern, it's the pure essence. And, you know, we often forget how powerful and how intense the pure essence can be. Right. Yeah. We always think, oh, well, it's there. So that m- must make it easier to use. Uh, not necessarily. Not they can right. just be so strong. It's like analyze, analyze, analyze.
3: Shove My twenty-seven have... books to, to yeah, six-minute yeah. class. I, I can not... easily
1: identify with that. That's you know,
2: really what I've been doing. Go I, ahead. I, I just wanted. I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, no. Sometimes I get so eager. You know, it's that. Yeah, I'm with you. It. It. Um, when we're thinking about shifting and uh, or changing our values, if we think about it in the way that we're stripping away anything that we may have accumulated that is no longer necessary to the, uh, the the authentic part of us that's trying to emerge w- you know I don't know about you but we always think when we're younger that we know every like i <laughs> you're 18 and you graduate from high school it's like yes and and you just don't realize you've barely be- you've barely <laughs> begun to be yourself and you probably really don't have as much of a clue about that as you want to think you do but that optimism and that hope and that uh at, at that initiation is necessary because sometimes if, if anybody had g- given us a list of all the things that we were going to experience, we would have gone, what was I thinking? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's so true.
1: I'm remembering, because we're going to break away and come back. This is with, um, but I'm remembering, well, I don't, well, I will <laughs> We will be back. This is Planet Buzz Talk Cosmos with Dr. Laura Ted and Leslie Francis and myself. And we're talking about Uranus, the shake up pattern. We'll be back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Leo, ruled by the solar sun. Having departed from a cycle based on the internal process of emotional attachments requiring security and safety, the energy of Leo externally manifests our legacy through children and artistic creations. As a fixed Yang fire sign that desires to ignite actualization, Leo the Lion takes the risk to generously exhibit love and welcome all to share their stage with joyous pleasure for living life.
0: Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee tea or kombucha and enjoy the show
2: hi this is eileen grimes of the jupiter rising show and you're listening to talk cosmos on alternative talk 1150 a.m where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars miss a show on kknw check out 1150 kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs that's 1150 kknw.com
1: Hello and hi, and thank you for subscribing to Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and getting our emails so you can connect with us when we return every month and every week. And thank you so much for listening to The Planet Buzz with Dr. Laura Tatt and Leslie Francis, and myself discuss this energetic uh, uh, cycle that we're going through with Uranus, and i'm thinking in order to begin we will show some charts because interestingly it is in conjunction to some of the full moons but you know in our conversation that we had i'm thinking that back to the breakdown of emotional breakthroughs you know like you were mentioning leslie and it's so true it's like in that fixed energy 15 degrees wants to take what's been set and break it up as we were talking about that you've been dealing with um, so strongly with that fixed square, which, you know, is a grand square, Laura. Well, the thing is, is there were some factors and I think one of the comments, because we were saying that water signs, this is a moon. It, it is, we uh, um, do it differently. And it's not always looked at. But one of the things was looking at when is my self-identity identified connected with everything I've survived? To me, that phrase says so much right now about the fact that Uranus is in Taurus, which is fixed and in values. And the whole world that we on a collective scale are emerging still on all these plateaus from something that in our memory existed. And how do we find the new and what may be meant dear to us that we want to stay attached to and stuck to. Oh, if that connects with both of you.
2: Mm -hmm. I I think that we need to uh, recognize that, um, that what we valued when we were even 10 years ago may no longer be valuable to us. And, and that in, and part of the shifting and changing of values is about finding what is authentically you, not, not uh, I think I should buy a house because my mom and dad told me that buying a house is a good thing. And but what if you have a strong signature in your chart that says you're a wanderer? Like mm. uh, now, now, that's a bit of an extreme example, but it's but true it, though. But it, but it's true. And you know what? What Aquarius energy uh, is asking you to do um those full moons especially full moons is to get to that place of objectivity so you can stand back and observe what's happening as opposed to uh you know the leo end of it is is about self it's about one's uh person and oh god one's ego uh well you know Uranus, I have a Mercury Uranus quincunx, and now it's doing this thing. It's and like, I'm trying I'm to say something, and it doesn't want to come on. There's so, so much, much
1: coming in. On. To, yeah, so much coming in. It's hard to put it out. But deconditioning is the big word that I heard when you were talking, and that's really spells out the cold word, I think, between this ongoing square, this tension-oriented uh, occurrence between Saturn – one of the cool rulers, and Anaranas, the other cool ruler of Aquarius. That's happening all year long. They're rather apart right now, but Anaranas Mer- is going its retrograde, coming right back again. And the, and when you say about wandering, that is absolutely true. We have a little bit of um, Mike. I don't know why it's so much uh, echoing, but at any rate, um, because people are nomadic, they're still. People living in Mexico. In fact, we noticed, Bob, my husband, was looking around the world. There's 20,000 people at any given shot in any of the countries, it seems, around the world. It's like incredible Americans, United States citizens, that is, and I'm sure other countries too. We didn't. So in other words, we are a mobile society. And you're right. We need to decondition to find out. Hopefully this break uh, this break of rhythm gives us that opportunity, but otherwise we got to just realize
3: that. Well, and thinking. but I think it's it's about authenticity, right? So maybe your authentic self fits the status quo. It's
2: mm. not my
3: lived experience. I've got too much wackiness in my chart for that to be the case. I've got a Saturn Uranus square. I will never be a part of the status quo. But for some people, that is their authentic self. And so also the need to hold space for that, that somebody's authentic self does fit the mold rather than break the mold. And the authenticity is what's most important.
2: Well, it's interesting because I just have something to throw in there. Like I just celebrated living 31 years in the same location, in the same house, which is up until that, uh, up until my early forties, I was always moving. But, so I look like I live in a traditional experience and yet you come in my house and we we all know that I live in Edmonton Alberta Canada which is at latitude 53 north 30 and winter when it comes lasts quite a long time but when you walk in my house you think I lived at the beach oh good oh good <laughs> because it's turquoise and yellow and the flooring looks like sand and you know so i think in a sense that's a good image to think about you know that you that maybe what we're being asked to do with all these planets retrograde is re- redesign our interior, yes, and, and allow that to move outward from there. And often when we when when Uranus will let us know if if we don't want to let go of anything. And this isn't just because Uranus is in Taurus, because when whatever sign Uranus is in, the purpose is for us to get in touch with that archetype and figure out what what part of that archetype works for us and what doesn't but it's in Taurus right now. So understand that the changes, uh, if you don't want to make those internal changes, Uranus will be the stick of dynamite in the dam of your life.
3: Yeah.
1: It's internal, just like this picture behind me It's absolutely true. Again and again, I think to myself, this need for exterior adjustment is because reflecting back on my interior something's amiss yes perfect perfect (laughs) i'm wondering do we uh, go and i think yeah
3: just that retro i mean retrograde energy it's falling back on itself so it is often this internal process this reflective process even though with the outer planets it's huge swaths of time right i mean they they're retrograde more than their directs <laughs> feels like um, but that it is this going inward and, and even review even when it's not a mercury retrograde right i always think of retrograde as sort of like okay there's something we didn't get the first pass so we've got to go back over and experience it again and so even and it's with the outer planets it can be more collective it is but the it's both collective and and internal, as opposed to your exterior world individually. It tends to be collective and, and internal. Um, and then, you know, when they'll go direct, then it's sort of the last shards getting swept up, is sort of how I think about it.
2: Well, yeah. I, I was born with six retrogrades. Oh, I can speak to this. Yeah. Oh, I have In two. two- and two of them are personal planets, uh, Venus and Mars. And interestingly enough, they rule my midheaven in my 10th house. So in my experience, it really, uh, it's a call really, you know, the person, when, when you've got a lot of retrograde energy, you really do have to do the internal work. You, you really got to be connected to what's in here, because that's one of the reasons why if you try to initiate something uh, when a planet is retrograde, this, you know, is, say it symbolizes something important in your life. If you haven't got your internal ducks in a row, and you think that going out and fixing your external environment will fix the wh- whatever you perceive to be an internal challenge to you, it, it's not going to work.
3: You take your problems so, with you, right? Because really yeah. like you, you don't like your life doesn't tend to shift it all that much.
2: And you know it's interesting. Uh, in Jeff Green's first book on Pluto, he talked about retrograde energy as having something of a, a deep need for individuality, to go its own way, to do its own. A bit like you know, a bit of a maverick, a bit of a right. So of course, when you you so uh, actually, we should be a little bit more um, aware of when Uranus goes <laughs> retrograde, because it may be a little more chal- a little bit more challenging when it's retrograde than it, because we tend to. Uh, in in some ways, when we look at retrograde planets, the Western tradition tends to see them as weak.
1: Oh yes, exactly. Yeah. And as, because we have such a dualistic viewpoint: it's this or that instead of and and both. Which, from what I understand, listening to other people right now, we are migrating towards an inclusive rather than separate
2: viewpoint. Yeah, well, it, we'll see what Saturn has to say about that.
0: <laughs> well,
2: yeah, and then again, oh, we no, were- you know, uh, Saturn and Aquarius can direct change when it's a mature Saturn, but if you, it's not a mature Saturn, and yeah, no way. So now Uranus and Mercury are doing their thing in my brain again, so I'm just gonna let someone else take. Oh, pardon if I we will
1: continue, we're we're like dipping the ladle into the soup and bringing out a new bowl of it and letting it cool and whatnot. The the fact is, is we, oh, I too, I've got so much thinking here. I'm thinking the mundane, the mundane. We talked about the the Sahara. It's really true. Tons every day gets transported through the air. It was interesting for me to consider about the elements that air carries water. And air carries earth. Of course, air feeds fire. But anyway, the the elemental shift of life and the tr- and the ways that change can be like we go back to that um, hermetic code that we always start this particular program with. The energy shifting as above, so below, and vice versa. Is that there's many ways of this of this energy recycling through us and if we look on a collective scale okay that's getting me back to my brain cells here of the values that it's not just the the in, individual but the individual as connected with the collective and i have a thought that because we're in this pandemic which is as we know so neptunian right Nep- neptunian its own sign and other energies and along with the Capricorn that we've experienced, it seems like over the years, in past centuries, how these um, epidemics that our focus will be of the value of our Earth. You know how do Hopefully. we?
3: Share it? Yeah. I mean that's where we just got the the UN climate report came out in this last week or so, right? Of like, right, everything that those of us that are in the know knew for the last 15, 20 years is finally like being declared of like, yes, climate crisis is a real thing. We're really in a very precarious position and it is largely the result of human behavior. And I have always felt that Uranus and Taurus is our opportunity to course correct. And I don't know that we'll be able to once it moves out. And I don't know that we'll ever be able to totally reverse, but if we are going to course correct, this is our window. Um, and maybe that gets tied into these moons with, um, in terms of our emotional response to that too and how we care about, how we nurture the earth. She's, we call her mother earth, but we're the, we need to be nurturing the earth right now. Yeah. And holding the reverence, holding reverence for the earth, um, and revolutionizing how we engage with the earth. And Mm -hmm. that may involve in Uranus and Aquarius, it all governs technology. So coming up with innovative technologies that can help us correct network.
1: and networking i think the community effort of uh of aquarius you know loves a community of like-minded souls and so coming up with purposes you know it is um in taurus you know purpose related and the fixed signs purpose value and meaning it's really a matter of of initiating right with the libra aspect of venus wouldn't that be ideal if we could initiate more reasons why to let's have a party and like they used to have sewing bees or, or knitting or quilts and and raising the in at least it's the lore of the United States or raising the roofs in the pioneer countries. well, let's go to the beach and clean up all the trash or go over the rivers or go to the out to the the woods and and fix the trails. <laughs> Maybe I'm back
2: with Roosevelt.
3: <laughs> um I mean, there's a piece of that, but I think the shadow of Venus and Libra is not about community, right? at all i was thinking
1: about aquarius but yes i'm right right.
3: but you're saying you said the venus and libra Mm -hmm. i think it can actually make it more challenging oh um because there's a part of that archetype that's what even though it's about partnership it is still self what am i getting at the shadow of that oh yeah. what am i getting out of this situation from the other person
1: Oh, that's true. That, that immediately right. it's like I want to yeah. join this community because then I can identify with that, and
2: it's it'll not an, the unhealthy
3: Libra is not altruistic. It's very self-serving. It is well, the cardinal yeah. side.
2: And, well, yeah, in the sense that I, I and I, I know because I have some Libra, and it's like, well, I did all this. So when are you going to do something for me? Yep. like I give and I give. You know, it, it's a, a that whole notion of why are you actually doing this? Are you doing it because you really, that's what you really want to do? Or are you doing it because you're looking for approval? And of course, then the other thing of course is understanding which Libras have difficulty with or the sign of Libra uh, and Venus is, is love and approval are not the same thing. uh, Yes. So uh, when I said earlier that Venus could bring in a softer approach, but it depends. It could also be, Well, how is this really working for me? I really appreciate you bringing that up. Sometimes I forget that, Laura. (laughs) Well, there are
1: obstacles of our purely getting directed, right? If intention is the bedrock of our goals, you know, having the intention, then that intention wants to be aligned with the highest purpose, right? Meaning that it is important to weed out um, what we can't answer ourselves within ourselves and our own uh, confidence, or our own security, or our own, it isn't all of that. Like, am I enough? Yes, you're enough. You're alive. Thank you. <laughs> Which on one level sounds like, hey, that's a good ticket. But, you know, Who sees it? How am I of need? You know, the moon's wanting all this. Like, am I being useful? Well, we'll see. Anyway.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but in Aquarius, not necessarily. (laughs) But but that innovate, I, I think there is that. A need, a new way of being, right? That maybe one of the gifts of having this astrological blue moon, right? As opposed to two full moons in the same month, we get two full moons in the same sign. Is we really get to play with this energy, right? It's because you only get them typically. Once a year, we happen to get two this year. And so when it comes to, mm. okay, what are we going to, what have we built already that is useful that we can take action upon? Because the building has happened. It's our the moon has waxed and, or will have. And so now what have we built and what are we going to do with the resources that we have?
1: Right. Very true. We had that new moon right in between. And just to clarify for our audience, although many know, that's our seed point. It's like, okay, I'm gonna water these. I want these to grow. So now we get the second new moon, full moon, coming up next Sunday, which will be our chance to go, now what, Uh, put them in the jar, eat
2: the sprouts, or put them in the ground? (laughs) the 29th degree is is a, is a critical degree. Yeah. It, it's also, you know, making sure that you've done what you're supposed to do because you can't move on until you do. I always describe the 29th degree as one foot on the brake and the other foot on the gas pedal. So there is a bit of push pull and it and it is conjunct Jupiter. So it, it you know, in this particular full moon uh, and because we you know, it engages the Saturn Uranus square because Uranus is sitting at that midpoint and so it brings in not just because of the rulerships there's a really a profound push pull between what is and what will what has been and what will be and <laughs> and, and of course Uranus never really wants to <laughs> illuminate the whole picture it just it, it it's like it it just wants to galvanize you to engage in in the process of your life not just you know do the very Saturnian the shadow side of Saturn Saturn which is to just to sit back and and let things happen to you I'm reminded suddenly of glass how
1: glass because I have a bathroom I was thinking of renovating and Got a little more complicated when this handy dandy service person here that works in the maintenance came up and said, You know, you got a problem here. There's glass behind your vanity thing, and it's not that simple. You'd have to cut it. And it, when it breaks, it wants to break not on top of itself, but away from itself, right? Because I have le- tried to do glass um, stained work, you know, and I love to cut glass actually. It's just so much fun, but which I'm not doing. But it is interesting to think of somehow this this visual came to mind. Thinking of these changes that we don't want to break away on top of ourselves, we want to break and fall away. Yeah, from something like a like a clean break from it. Was that totally out in left
2: field? <laughs> <Well, laughs> yes, yeah, but it's very Iranian. <laughs> yeah,
3: but that, it's that breaking open as opposed to breaking apart. Maybe oh, good.
1: <laughs> Very good. We are a team. I will bring in next week. We are having an innovative change that's happened once before. It's called Astral Jam. There's going to be seven astrologers that are going to connect on a spontan- spontaneous spontaneously to uh, embody the chart. And we'll have several charts. So it's new, it's fresh. Connect with us. And today is, of course, Planet Buzz, the great panel with Leslie Francis of Edmonton, Canada, and Dr. Laura Tad on Chattahoochee Hills in Georgia. Did I say that right? I hope. Chattahoochee, yeah. Yeah, Chattahoochee. And um, find out about them at Talk Cosmos. You can quickly check their bios out and be up to date with as they keep changing and renovating their lives, which we are all doing. And please subscribe. And thank you so much, people, for listening. So now we have still several minutes. I I grabbed that time just before we go. So we have an air trine. We didn't talk about that. Maybe I should pull up this chart just for a few moments so people can see this. um, uh, What's happening? Anyway, but about the... the, um, um, Go ahead, if somebody, I'm, has, I'm the grand track tri- tri- I mean, um, is Venus, Saturn, and the North Node. So oh, collectively, okay. we're going to I that North today. Node. Yeah, pardon me. Um,
3: well, yeah, I think that, I mean, it's, it, it's a little ways off, because Venus, that'll still be a week away or so for Venus to get pulled into that. Um, but I think the Venus Saturn, I mean, I think it's some of what we've been talking about as in terms of, uh, just values and structure. What do we value? What is, how do we go about that? How do you express, go after what you value, express what you value? Um, what are the boundaries or can you not go after what you want? Saturn can create boundaries and limitation, right? And sort of notorious for that, um, So even in Aquarius, there could be limitation, even in a trine, right? Trines are not necessarily.
1: But it isn't a kite, come to think of it. And I know we've talked about this particular chart for a couple of times, but I was trying to throw in the fact of we're talking about the values. I mean, it's really central with what we're talking about. Everybody can connect we're talking about those values with other people here it is for the united states where it would be right in our first house and then manifesting like with our saturn but somehow we're getting a new philosophy but it's tied with our past here i guess i answered my own own thing well we have a moment yes Oh boy. So, any reflections on your own chart after this conversation where we're, we're going to go no. 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 L? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have this retreat in the back of my mind. Sometimes I think we'll just all get together and powwow and then we'll figure out the retreat later. That can be a lot more fun. Well, thank exactly.
2: you. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Really, totally appreciate this. I love you both, and I love our audience. So for Dr. Laura Tad, Leslie Francis, and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, mm.
0: until again. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.